you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football, live in New York City, Monday, August 7th. I'm Jamie Erdahl, Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Time to leave Black. Black, Black. The Packers held their annual family night practice at Lambeau Field in front of over 65,000 fans. Everyone's just thrilled to have football back. That was on Saturday night. And while there were mixed reviews of Jordan Love's overall performance at that practice, he did throw this touchdown to Christian Watson to end the session. Here's what Jordan Love had to say to a packed crowd after that open practice. You waited three years. What has that done for you? It's built a lot of work, grind, and just building on how I can become a great NFL quarterback and just building with my teammates that chemistry. And, uh, you know, everybody's ready for this season. We're excited to go out there and bring back some dubs. So we deemed this early in the preseason that Jordan Love is one of the biggest mysteries in the league right now. We'll learn more on Friday night against the Bengals in Green Bay's first preseason game. That's 7 p.m. Eastern Friday on NFL Network. The Bengals will lead our second hour of the show, but the Packers are here for the top of this hour. What does a successful season look like, Peter, for the new Packers starting quarterback? Such a strange sentence. We don't say it very often in Green Bay. Yeah, it's tough with him because it's like one of those drawings where it's like the eye of the beholder because you hear yeah. the reports from The Athletic that this guy's stinking it up. And then you also hear reports from others <laughs> being like, he's unbelievable. He throws the ball to Christian Watson and mm-hmm. it was like uh, watching Rodgers to, to Adams. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love himself is not going to be for MVP Aaron Rodgers this year. He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes in his first season. But Jordan Love could still be very good. And what's a successful Jordan Love season look like? It looks like success for the Packers. And it looks like running an offense that might not look like Aaron Rodgers. It might mean that they are a rushing team and that they lead the league in rushing or that, you know, Aaron Jones has 1,500 yards and 100 catches or something like that. But the (laughs) truth of the matter is, if I'm going to do it like this, I'm going to say a successful season for Jordan Love is to ensure the fact that he is no doubt the starter next year. And that's not easy because this Mm -hmm. is going to be a guy that's now going into his fifth year as a pro. There's going to be a situation where his contract is up. And if he is no doubt good enough that everyone in the building and everyone in the Packers fan base is like, yeah, of course, we got our guy. We don't need to look elsewhere. We don't need to go sign a free agent. We don't need to go to the draft. Well, that means it's successful. I think the NFC is wide open this year. I think playoffs are very, very possible for the Packers. They have a very good defense. They've got great offense Mm -hmm. of skill position players. There's a really good chance for them to have success. 
If I'm looking at it statistically, I'm looking at it as, I'd say twice as many touchdowns and interceptions. I don't mm -hmm. think that's ridiculous. Just mm. don't turn the ball over. Mm. Let, mm. let the running back. I'd say like a 20 touchdown, 10 interception, or a 25 touchdown, 12 interception season. And I'd say that offense is a top 15 offense in the NFL. And wow. that Jordan Love undoubtedly is their quarterback going into 2024. I think that is a successful season. I'm yeah. not going to put wins out there, and I'm not going to say he's going to be an all-pro. Well, the win thing, I, I think they're one of the biggest swing teams in the league. Totally. Like, wouldn't surprise me at 11-6. and six. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me at 6-11. and 11. Like, that neither one of those teams, I'd be like, yeah, I kind of saw that coming. It, it didn't shock me at all. I think it's it's the, the Jordan Love thing is interesting this year because I think it's first things first. Week one <laughs> at Soldier Field. Yeah. You go in there and you do what Packer quarterbacks do you go and you own that stadium, and you win, and you destroy that stadium. They've been doing that since I've been in seventh grade. Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre are 24-6 and six at wow. Soldier Field. At Soldier Field. That includes a win in the NFC title game. That includes all three times that Jordan Love has watched from the Soldier Field bench. When Brett Favre was inducted in the Hall of Fame, the first clip they showed of him was throwing a touchdown at Soldier Field. When Rodgers goes in the Hall of Fame, the first clip they will show is throwing a touchdown at Soldier Field. You own that place. You own that place for three decades. You cannot start game one, quarter one, drive one of the Jordan Love era and lose in the Chicago Bears' own house of horrors, which is their own stadium against the Packers. This is the brand for the Packers. It is, unfortunately, the, band, the brand for the Bears. You lose at home to the Packers, to those two guys, to those two absolute maniacs. Don't, don't, don't show up and lose week one and throw two picks and the Bears have turned the page and there's a new generation and Justin Fields looks better than you and he's going to put it, keep it going, keep it going. I remember when I was, my, my dad, Bob, huge Bears fan oh, his whole life, during the Favre era, after just another annihilation of Brett Favre over mm -hmm. the Bears, he would always call me and be like, you know what, we're just never going to beat this guy. We got to get Favre out of here and then we can finally beat the <laughs> yeah. Packers. Rodgers comes in, he's even better. <laughs> yeah. This is like, we got Rodgers out of there now. Don't let it be uh, the third installation of this yeah. series where Jordan Love now does the same thing. Week one, if Jordan Love wins that game in Soldier Field, it is a living nightmare for everyone in the Chicago area. It's massive. They have to win it. Jordan Love can't lose it. 24 and 6. That is just incredible. On the road. On the roll at Soldier Field. <laughs> that, uh, that's a tough one. I, I'm going to look at this from the perspective of I'm a player in that locker room, especially, specifically a defensive player, and now Jordan Love is my quarterback. And the way I'm going to phrase this, I need to see the it factor from him. There's okay. a different type of hope when you're sitting on the bench and it's a two-minute drill and you just got to stop on defense. Offense marches back out there and your quarterback is under center and you're like, all right, we're good. Go win us the game. Mm -hmm. The confidence of a defensive player to have that in their quarterback is different mm -hmm. because – I played 13 years in the league, and for majority of my career, we didn't have that. We were on defense, and we gave up a score. It was like, well, better luck next week, guys, because <laughs> the quarterback was getting out there, and you knew at some point, whether it was an interception, a sack fumble, something was going to go wrong on that drive. For Jordan Love this year, we need to see signs of promise. They may be, to your point, a six-win team, an 11-win team. That number needs to change because of the quarterback. Jordan Love needs to come in there at a crucial point in the game, whether it's a two-minute drill, whether the Packers are up three points in the fourth quarter, and he puts an amazing drive together mm -hmm. to put them up two scores. That's what you need to see to the point where a defensive player, a general manager, somebody within that Packers organization knows when Jordan Love goes trotting onto the field, it's just like, we have a chance. Yeah. There is hope that this game is going to end in our favor 
because Jordan Love is under center. That doesn't mean he's going out there and he's dominating. He's throwing for 400 yards and four touchdown passes. He's controlling the offense. He's methodically getting better throughout the season. They have him for another year next year. So to finish out this year, to your point, Shregs, you need to say, hey, we know we have our quarterback. What pieces mm -hmm. do we need to find to fit around him based off of what he showed us this season, what his strengths are, what his mm -hmm. weaknesses are to build around him? But mm -hmm. that it factor to mm -hmm. me is so key because you know when the quarterback has it, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, when they took the field, you're like, all right, we have a guy and we know we can win with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, listening to you, it, it brings to mind, you know, words like he has to command or demand respect. Mm -hmm. He has to command it within the offense. You know, it's like in a basketball huddle when the coach is drawing up a play, you got guys like looking around <laughs> or is he like, are they look, are they wanting to listen to the quarterback because they trust that he is the one that isn't going to look down at, oh, I don't mm -hmm. know what the play yep. call is. And then we ask you often, we talk about quarterbacks, Jay, it's like when you scouted against this yeah. guy, were you intimidated yeah. or you're not like you want to demand respect Peter I'm curious with Jordan Love and Trey Lance falls into this category I have to remind myself what was the pull like remind refresh our memory like it's why it's did really we, weird why did we like this yeah. guy in the first place because when you look back at his basic bio you're like all right Northern California guy Utah State yeah. you know COVID season kids just in a clap with Tua and Justin no. Herbert, remind us why we should like him. And the Packers loved him because <laughs> they made a move and got him in the first, first round when they had Aaron Rodgers, a first ballot Hall of Famer there. Uh, at the time, he was a late first, <laughs> early second prospect. So when he goes and they make that move at the first round, you're like, wow. And it's even crazier considering they had Rodgers. But if you look at it now, and Jamie, I think it's a great segue for it. They probably said on paper, we, uh, the ideal situation is he learns for three years and then he's cooked and ready to go for year four. And like, <laughs> we don't have to do a whole throw a rookie in there. He should be ready. He should yeah. be ready. He is not Good a rookie. Point. He is not a second year guy. He is not a third year guy. He should be more than ready to go under center and play. When we see guys like Anthony Richardson who are 20 years old being thrown under center and being asked to carry a team at some point, that is one where it's like, all right, look, is that is that prudent? Is it this guy? He's going into a second contract very soon. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no. put up or shut up. Yeah, I, I've said this many times. I think it's the strangest draft pick in history. Still might be. I, yeah. And understand that not only did they move up to get him in the first round, Jordan Love led the nation in interceptions in his last college season. Mm -hmm. Most in the entire country, not the conference, the whole country. But there is something about him that was so enchanting to the Packers. They're like, we we see something here. We have to get him. So I just think it was a bizarre pick. I think it's the reason Rodgers is a Jet right now and a whole however he comes out and they start three and oh and they're like see we yeah. told you yeah. we let him cook for three years and we were right i hope that that happens but I, we'll see. I, you know like baseball players when we were younger you would know their batting stances you would know who mm -hmm. Il franco's yeah stands. sure it's manny ramirez manny ramirez yeah. you would know like mickey tettleton is yeah. just like this like football quarterbacks like we know how they throw the ball if you could show me just a silhouette of mahomes you know throwing, who that is I have, I, I don't, if you told me like, here's, here's Jordan Love's love throwing I motion, I, I have no idea yeah. because it changed at times. They say it's changed even this year. So it's the great unknown and it's with that logo, the Packers, which is such a, such a symbol of stability. This sounds like a segment. We should do silhouette throwing motions yes. and try to drop figure them out. I bet you can't pick Trey Lance's either. I bet none right? of us can. Yeah. Nope. Let's find out. The drop the three-step drop. Can you name this guy's three-step drop? Silhouette them. It's fantastic. Let's try that. Uh, the 2023 NFL season starts with training camp, NFL Network. We've had you covered, but it continues with insider access across all 32 teams. There's your lineup today. Kittle, Peterson, Trayvon Walker, CJ Stroud. Wow, a lot of coverage in Jacksonville today. That is awesome for the Jags. Director's chair season, baby. Mm -hmm. A lot of thighs. A lot of thighs. A lot of, thigh. 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 A lot of ankle cross, leg cross, however yeah. you want to handle your business. Inside training camp presented by Old Spice. That's still coming up on our show.
Justin Jefferson proved anyone who doubted him wrong. You don't really need a refresher as to what you liked from him coming out of college. Mm -hmm. Which rookie will do the same this year? Monday Mishmash is next. Thousands and thousands of Major League Baseball players. Peter references Mickey Tettleton. Yeah, right. Open the segment. Favorite. God bless you. Uh, speaking of Peter, he has a few players we should be rooting for this preseason. What is this? I've got long shots for it. I've really? also got the best stories for preseason football. We'll Let's go. Oh, I love it. Who's that? Ty Freifeld. I like it. Is he part of your list? Yes. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, preseason's here, yep. and I'll be candid with you. Mm -hmm. A lot of the starters aren't playing around the league. Okay. Doesn't mean the best stories in the game aren't going to be out there. Here is the best time of year if you're a true football fan, because it's about players fighting for roster spots and getting to know individuals that we did not know beforehand. This is their season. So here are 10 names to pull for okay. in the next couple weeks. It's the best stories we got. I have pulled... 30 teams, I would say, on, hey, give me a guy, give me someone to root for, give me a story that I don't know, and these are the results. We're going to start with number 10 on my list. Kyle, this might be close to you. What do you got? Right here, this is Bengals wide receiver Andre Yosevash. Do you know Andre Yosevash? Track star. He's a burner. Yeah, absolutely. Out of what school, Kyle? Princeton University Tigers. Ooh. Princeton oh. University wide receiver, sixth round yep. pick burner, and I will tell you from good sources, has been turning heads Great. at Bengals camp. He is a heptathlete. Do you know what the heptathlon is? It's all these different activities. It's the 60 meters. It's great. the long jump. It's the shot put. It's the high jump. It's the 60 pole meters vault. hurdles. It's that, the pole vault, and it's the 1,000 meters. Ivy That's League a gold medal. champion. Suck it, Dartmouth. Champion. Ivy League champion. There is not a long list of receiving talent in the NFL out of Princeton. Cleveland Browns. Former teammate of Jason McCourty. Keith Elias has been on the show, former Giant. And Jesper Horstead, who's been in the league a couple years. He's with the Raiders, huh, Jesper? With is. the Raiders right now, with yeah. the Bears originally. This is our guy right here, and he is trying to be the next one to make it. Okay, let's get right through it here, because you look at it, and he's actually made Let's go! Plays, but he is a long shot in a loaded room, and yet has been awesome, and has been one of the heroes of camp. They're loving this kid. The Bengals are one of the favorites in the AFC, but you know how this goes. Come playoff time, come December, it's going to be that kind of player who makes the big play. Andre Yosevash. Awesome. Oh, We're here for you. That's number 10. Can we get any better than Andre Yosevash? Nine more times, Peter. You we can. sure can. Let's go to number nine. Let's go to the Cowboys and let's go to Marquise Bell. Okay. Marquise Bell is wearing 41. That's the old Terrence Newman number in Ooh. Dallas. He's going to be down there, and Marquise Bell is making an immediate impact in Dallas. Okay. This is a young man who comes out not highly decorated last year in the draft and is in a loaded safeties room. But from what I hear, 
Marquise Bell, second year guy, has just been on the hip of Malik Hooker, mm -hmm. J. Ron Curse, and is learning everything he possibly can. FAMU guy, okay? Comes out of FAMU, comes in here, comes to the Cowboys. Last year, what's the term? It was like the faucet was on and the stream was just coming out, right? Uh, now, he's drinking from the down. fire hose. Drinking from the yeah. fire hose. And this is last preseason, made a couple plays here and there, but it was almost like a red shirt year for Marquise Bell. I'm told that this guy has been an outstanding player in training camp this season. You now have to put it on the field. Cowboys, loaded defensive backfield. We know Diggs, we know they've got their safety set. Can Marquise Bell, smaller school guy, be able to make an impact and make the Dallas Cowboys starting defense? All right, or at least they're 53. Let's go from there, okay? We go from a wide receiver to mm -hmm. a defensive back, but I might give you the biggest long shot in any camp right now. Really? Dylan Drummond okay. in okay. Detroit. Dylan Drummond was not recruited out of high school. Goes and ends up playing at Eastern Michigan. He was not all conference, nothing. Draft weekend was such a long shot that he just played golf and didn't even think about it, right? <laughs> Did not get drafted. Usually you hear those stories and you're like, yeah, and then the Chiefs called me or the Broncos yeah. called me and I, I figured I'll sign. No one called him after the draft. There was no undrafted free agent contract. No teams called him after that. There was a rookie minicamp tryout in Detroit, which was local for him. He made the drive, goes from Cleveland to Detroit, ends up showing up at the rookie minicamp, the only rookie minicamp he was even invited to, and was outstanding for three days. The thing ends, doesn't hear anything. Hmm. It's like, all right, that was that. A few hours later, gets a call from the Lions player engagement folks. And they're like, are you still in the building? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still around, I'm still around. They're like, am I sleeping back? Wow. We're going to bring you to training camp. This is like a Vince Papali of the Lions? <laughs> Truly. All right. Dylan Drummond has been a standout at All training right. camp. All right. Not only not drafted, we've heard that story a million times. Sure. Not signed as an as a undrafted free agent. Not invited to any other rookie minicamps. Goes to the local rookie minicamp because he went to Eastern Michigan in Ypsilanti. Mm -hmm. And he ends up playing well and is going to get action in the preseason. The Lions play the Giants on Friday night. I wouldn't be shocked if Dylan Drummond is getting significant snaps in the third and fourth quarter. Keep an eye on him. Your long shot Dylan Drummond. Detroit Lions. Okay. All right. We've got our long shots. Now we've got a guy who I know is making the team, but I love his story, and it's an incredible journey to get here. You guys have heard me talk about him. I said he's going to be one of the breakout wide receivers in the NFL and got a lot of pushback for that in May. Mm -hmm. Now you're seeing the, the, the training camp footage. That's Justin Ross right there. Yeah. Right? Justin Ross, you've heard his name because he's one of the most decorated high school athletes out of the state of Alabama. Here were the uh, high school uh, recruiting things for Justin Ross. Okay, number seven wide receiver, number 45 overall in 2018, and the number one overall recruit in the state of Alabama. That was in 2018. Goes to Clemson, has an outstanding career, but then gets hurt. All right, gets hurt, and he ends up having to wait more than 700 days until he can get onto an NFL field. Okay. That happens this week. We're expecting to see Justin Ross on the field, but look at some of the stuff he's done in training camp. After waiting out last year, again, like a redshirt season, was hurt all last year, injuries have plagued him. He hadn't played since November of not last season, not the season before that, but the season before that. This is an unbelievable journey, and finally Justin Ross is on the field. He's got it. He's got the height. He's got the size, he's got the ability. We saw him do it in college, and they just had to wait on him because this wasn't going to happen in year one for Justin Ross due to the injuries. But now he is healthy, and he is becoming one of the main guys at training camp turning heads. 
The Chiefs are so loaded with all this young talent. You're seeing Pacheco out there, and Daneric Prince is getting a lot of coverage as an undrafted guy out of Tulsa. But Justin Ross has been one of the standouts of this training camp. We know Sky Moore. We know that they've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We know that Tony's coming back. But don't be shocked if Justin Ross plays a huge role in this offense this year. This is just the start here of 10 to 1. But we got our guy from Princeton. We've got our FAMU guy. We've got our Eastern Michigan. And we've got our Clemson player who's waited 700 days to get back on the field. Kyle, we go to you first. Your thoughts on my first four names for players to watch. It's a great list, Peter. Yosevas, a fascinating guy from Hawaii. Yep. Born and raised in Hawaii. Same high school as DeForest Buckner and Manti Teo. He also made, Peter, I know something that you love. He made the Bruce Feldman freaks list before his final year at Princeton and then had 66 catches in 10 games. It's a loaded room, but like he's 6'3", runs a 4'4", jumps 40 inches. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's a phenom. He can make it. I look at that and I see the name Justin Ross and that route that they showed where he's pushing the guy off. He grabs his towel behind him and wipes his hands off before he catches the ball, which is, which is yeah, pretty impressive to do that all while playing in, a, in the NFL as a receiver. But Dylan, like that yeah. story of all of that, going through that to finally get an opportunity is really cool. But those rookie minicamps, you rarely see guys get an opportunity. You don't know. Adam Thielen found his way in the league that way. Yeah. Victor Cruz found the league. They invite guys from local schools and say, all right, we might have a spot for So what you got? Let's see what you we got. We need a body. We need bodies. Dylan Drummond showed up. Uh, Draft weekend, he played 36 holes at his local course in Cleveland. Did not even have his phone on him. Was like, I'm not mm. getting drafted. Like, did not even consider it as a possibility. Did he have like a summer job being a caddy? Because yeah, Thielen was so. like a dental internship. I'm sure he had. I'm sure he had other things lined up. Right. Yeah. Like, just he in must case. Didn't think there was a chance, but here we are. Peter, really, I just applaud you for covering all of our bases, just in case everyone's on someone Dylan Drummond's story in October. Mm -hmm. We have it on good authority on August 7th. <laughs> Peter Schrager had a first. Good morning, football had a first. We appreciate the the work. Six to one coming the rest of this week. Yeah, I Let's love go. it. Better we one. Can't, can't wait. wait. We can't we love wait. These four. Let's go. Thanks. Peter's preseason ten to four. So while at Vikings training camp, our own Bucky Brooks sat down with Justin Jefferson and decided to issue a formal apology for Bucky Brooks's pre-draft coverage of Justin Jefferson out of LSU. I'm going to issue an apology to this guy because uh -oh. during the draft, I had him in my top five, but I didn't have him at the top. And so no. I received a phone call from one of your mentors, Jerry Sullivan. He's like, hey, man, you're all off on this. You don't know this dude has some dog in him. So I want to go back to, like, the draft. What did the people who didn't think that you would be, like, the crown jewel of the class, what did we miss? Yeah, I missed a lot. <laughs> I mean, Jess is laughing, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, clearly, yeah. the draft experts, Bucky included, can't be right all the time. But let's look ahead. 2023 rookie coming into the season. Critics uh, were off on him in the draft. He's going to prove everybody wrong. Peter, who do you got? I'm going to Kansas City, where last year they had a seventh-round pick named Isaiah Pacheco, who was making <laughs> the biggest plays huh. of the Super Bowl. I'm going there again, and I'm going with Daneric Prince, undrafted out of Tulsa, who I'm told is been outstanding in camp. He's wearing that 34. He's not only a running back, he's also their kick returner in camp. Special teams guy, too. Uh, was at Texas A&M, then transferred to Tulsa. And at Tulsa, he had a 1,700-yard career and also had, you know, over the, the touchdowns, the kick returns, everything. And it's been outstanding in camp. Of course the Chiefs get this guy, of course. But 
260 picks went by, no one took Daenerys mm. Prince. We get to camp and here we go, Daenerys Prince has been a standout. That's who I think we're gonna be talking about. How did this guy go undrafted when he's making big plays and big games for Kansas City? It's crazy, last year Pacheco was a guy, seven round draft pick, returning kicks, playing running back, and now it's oh. almost not fair. No. Now you have another guy in there doing the same. I'm going with the cornerback drafted in New England, Christian Gonzalez, and this was a guy, I'm not leaning on the critics so much because this was a guy everybody was saying was the top cornerback in the draft. Then the draft comes and he's the third corner taken off the board. You have Forbes going right before him to Washington and then obviously you had Devin Witherspoon going to Seattle at the top of the draft. This is a guy that in New England, everybody's saying extremely smooth, looks really good, should be starting opposite John Jones this season. And there were some questions on his physicality. Is he going to come up there? Is he going to tackle? Well, he's impressed the people in New England. I think this is a guy that's going to show up. He's going to play a lot of snaps, and he may surprise a few people. Hey, mm. I should have been maybe the first cornerback off the board this year. How about a high first-rounder? There was a pick that was made in that draft where the outrage, the shock, you would have thought the team took Charles Manson. Like, you cannot believe that they drafted him. Here it is. Here's the pick with a new Hall of Famer reacting to it, as many, many people were doing. Go ahead. With the 12th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. Lions, they didn't know what to do. So what do they do? They trade back, and then they could have had Tyree Wilson, Jalen Carter, or Christian Gonzalez if they would have stayed at six. They said, nope, even though we have the worst defense in the NFL, we're not going defense. We're going to draft a running back at number 12. Joe might be spot on, and he might be way freezing cold take. They took Jameer Gibbs. They took him high. They knew what they wanted. They went after him. I was surprised as the next person was. And it does seem a little strange in the era of no one wants running backs, wants to pay them. However, you get that first rounder, you let that puppy go, and they, he gets 800 rushing, 600 receiving. The funny thing is they had to pick a few picks later, and they took Jack Campbell, a middle linebacker. <laughs> what are we Old doing? School, baby. I thought they might take two running backs in the first round. Running back and did. middle linebacker. That's it. Top Welcome to picks. 1993. But Dan Campbell is doing the thing how he wants it. He had a lot of wins last year. He can do whatever he wants. Jameer Gibbs, go off. This is where football lives, right up the middle. That may be the new way to pay your running back, though, is just take him in the first round and get a really good guy. And then, That's right. You know, where years. is he? Four Let's years wait. from now. Then never uh, pay him again. Sorry. So sorry. Uh, Coming up, let's talk the Bengals. What is going on in Cincinnati? Can they get their third straight AFC North title? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Bengals are getting ready for their first preseason game. It'll be uh, this Friday when they host the Packers. 7 p.m. Eastern right here on NFL Network. Of course, quarterback Joe Burrow will not be out on the field. Not because he's on a contract holdout, but because he's still dealing with that calf strain that will put him out, quote, several weeks, according to his head coach, Zach Taylor. Will Burrow be back for week one? That is the question amongst many others with the Bengals as they hang in the division. Our own Andrew Siciliano and Brian Baldinger asked Jamar Chase, his wide receiver favorite WR1, that very question. Wow, letters. Do you have any doubt that he'll be there week one? I told him, with all honesty, I don't want him there. You don't want him to play week one? 
same thing with me my um last you year week 20 for uh, exactly championship exactly game. you know what i'm saying and i set out an extra game just to let my hip all the way heal up and you know you don't want to cause no other problems later on in the season you know i told him as long as you're there after week five and on you know we're good brother Mm, Jamar knows how the schedule works out. Week five or beyond, he's cool. Hopefully, though, Burrow will be back well before week five. That would be best for the Bengals. But as it stands right now, what is the biggest obstacle in the way for the Bengals and their third straight AFC North title? Peter. The AFC North is really good. Yeah. And it got better this offseason. And I feel like last year was a little window where Lamar was out with the injury. Mm-hmm. And there's this transition with Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. and Trubisky started the season. And Pickett didn't come in until midway through. And even yep. then he was shaky yeah. and then finally caught it. And then the Browns had a complete wash of a season because Watson's suspension. Then Watson came back and he was rusty. I think this is the best division in football this year. I think the AFC North, all four of these teams mm. are playoff caliber teams. All four might be the four playoff teams other than the three division winners that are outside of it (laughs) in the playoffs this year. Cleveland, their defense is really good this year. And Watson is not going to be as bad as he was last year. He's going to have a full offseason with them. The Ravens added Odell and added Zay Flowers, who Peter King basically anointed the next great wide receiver. Jerry Rice, he loves him. If you read his article, and we respect Peter to the high heavens, I mean, this is like... The Ravens have a thing going on right now. And then, of course, the Steelers are still the Steelers. And Mike Tomlin's still coaching that team. So, to me, the Bengals, yeah, you go, is Burrow going to be healthy? Is is all the wide receivers going to have enough balls to to be happy because they're all going to be free agents and all this stuff? That's all going to be following them forever. The Bengals had a nice little window last year. This division was down. Good point. That division ain't down anymore. I think this division is the best division in football, and I think the Bengals are a very good team, but it is not a slam dunk that they are the top squad here. And I think that is a real challenge because even if you do beat them and do win those divisions, this isn't beating you know Tyler Huntley, who almost beat you in the playoffs, but this isn't beating Tyler Huntley, and this isn't beating Trubisky. This is beating three other teams that are coming to this season thinking they're the division champions as well. Mm. You know, you, you bring me to my point. There's a dirty little secret about the Joe Burrow Bengals that doesn't get talked about because it's mm. beneath the radar. The Joe Burrow Zach Taylor Bengals have really struggled against the Browns. Really struggled. Joe Burrow's 1-4 against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Against Cleveland. These have not been great Cleveland teams. Last two years, his worst defeats, Burrow, as a starter, have both been to Cleveland. They've rolled it up on him. The Bengals' defense has been terrible. Burrow hasn't been able to get the win. And it's it's a combination of we haven't talked about Cleveland much for the past year for a lot of different reasons versus you're so distracted by Lamar and Pittsburgh, the Steelers logo, that you don't really like, ah, the Browns, they've tuned up the Bengals a few times. Stefanski is completely unafraid of that team. Apparently, Miles Garrett's completely unafraid of them. And this is just into the Cleveland thing more. When it comes t- time to pick the playoff teams, there's going to be so many Cincinnati, so many Baltimore, I'm sure Pittsburgh, they're going to be picking the Browns. They're not going to pick the Browns. They're not going to be picked. Just turn in the games and at least give the Browns credits for when they play Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, in Cleveland, they've messed them up. Joe Burrow, 1-4. Doesn't that not shock you? It is a thing that has happened the last few years where, for whatever reason, a lot of it having to do with the Bengals' defense, they don't play well against Cleveland. They have to play well against Cleveland. Cleveland's going to be better this year. That can, might be the thing where they're, we're all so distracted by Lamar and Pittsburgh. Watch out for Cleveland on this. Don't you think this is kind of a recurring theme here at the table? Like I was going to say, this is Cleveland? your, like, cri- well, no, it's like your theme today is the kryptonite for other teams like the Bears, kryptonite is the Packers, Packers. Yeah, the yeah. Bengals, Browns. Mm-hmm. I look at this and 
if Jamar Chase is telling Joe Burrow, like, hell, sit out, wait till week five, as long as you come back then, then the question comes in, all right, who's going to be the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals? Because that may be the toughest obstacle to overcome. Trevor Simeon or Jake Browning-led Cincinnati Bengal offense. And for a lot of you, you're sitting there, you're just like, well, who are these guys? They've been splitting the first team reps since Joe Burrow went down with injuries. Trevor Simeon drafted in 2015, seventh round to the Broncos, has played all over the place. Hasn't won a game in a while, though. He's started for four different teams in the last six years. His last one was in 2017 against the Jets. So it's been a while. Then you look at Jake Browning. He hasn't played in a regular season NFL game. Was Holds so many passing records at the University of Washington. Practice squad for two years in Minnesota. Has been on Cincinnati Bengals practice squad for the last two years. So without Joe Burrow, and I know, it's like, hey, as long as he gets here at some point, he'll catch on and we'll be good as an offense. That's a lot easier said than done. You go out there without your Joe Burrow-led offense and you have, whether it's Browning, whether it's Simeon who's leading this offense, it's a completely different offense. Like, let's not forget, before Joe Burrow got to Cincinnati, they were struggling uh, as a team of trying to get better at the first overall pick. So you look at Jamar Chase, you look at T. Higgins, you look at all the weapons. Irv Smith has had a really good training camp, supposedly. Joe Mixon there. Without Joe Burrow, where is this offense? So you open up the season and you play the Browns and you play the Ravens in your mm-hmm. first two games, division of opponents. And I know Burrow will be back, you'll be fine, but you don't really want to lose two games right off the rip in your division. So I think without Joe Burrow out there, obviously that's going to be their biggest obstacle. The skeptic in me hears that Jamar Chase soundbite, and I'm curious if he's trying to temper expectations for when Joe Burrow does actually come back. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if Jamar says it's okay, then Joe could take longer. Maybe that's the whole plan, is that it's worse than they want to make it out to Maybe. be. Jamar is trying to, everybody don't panic. I started to think about my AFC playoff teams this weekend, yeah, and then I got hives and I stopped yeah. because I stopped hives. in this division. Yes. There is a very real chance that four of us at this table could pick all different teams in this division mm-hmm. to win that division, and that'd be okay. It wouldn't be a shock. Yeah. Jay, I'm curious, and I want to hear about Peter, too, with the Burrow contract. If you're on this team, if you're in this locker room, they, they signed Logan Wilson to a four-year mm-hmm. extension over the weekend. Are you looking around, like, upstairs? Like, are we going to get this thing done soon? Do you want to mm. see him back on the field first? Like, how does the room feel about this situation? I know for me, being in locker rooms, I always looked at contracts as personal. So, for mm. the sake of Joe Burrow, you're hoping before he steps back out on the football field that the contract's done because the caliber player is what he's already accomplished. He's, we all, there's no debate of whether he's deserving. And it almost seems like the table is set. We've seen everybody get paid to this point. It's like, he's the last one. Just give him a few million more and like, let's get this contract done. But at the same time, this is up to Joe Burrow. If the deal's not done, hell, we want you back out here. So I'm not going to tell you, hey, don't play. I think he has to ultimately make that decision. If I'm in the locker room, you want to see it done, but you want to see your guy back out there helping you win games. Mm-hmm. Peter, what are you hearing about that situation? It's it's being worked on. There are two major, major players who have not gotten their contracts. I think people thought would probably have it done now, and that's Bosa in San Francisco, mm. and that's Burrow in Cincinnati. They're both represented by the same agency, the oh. same guys. So I'm curious to see how that goes down. Those guys also happen to be best friends. Mm. Uh, the Bosa brothers and Burrow mm. going up and going to Ohio State and mm-hmm. all that. Those guys mm-hmm. were all tight. So interesting to see how it plays out. But I think from a Bengals situation, Joe Mixon took less money. They get Logan. Well, like there's money there, and it's 
it's just, are the Bengals going to be the team that historically haven't been the break the bank, let's yeah, be the highest? Yeah. Are they going to do it? Or is it going to be one of those deals where Burrow's like, I want Tyler Boyd to still mm-hmm. be here. I want T. Higgins to still be here. I want to have all these offensive linemen still here. I don't need to take top dollar. That's what I think it is, the number where it comes out. But from a chemistry standpoint, I couldn't speak on that. I almost think that, like, to Jason, they put, these guys put their blinders on. And they're like, mm-hmm. I just got to worry about me, and then that thing will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. I saw this great article in The Athletic. I can't remember who wrote it. I apologize. But the analogy was awesome. It was like the Bengals have decided to take the approach of, like, building their nest, their bird's nest, before they, like, drop the big mama bird right in the middle <laughs> of it, which is burrow. Other teams, they, like, get the big hen that's yeah. flying her up top before they do this. So it's one approach. We'll see if it works out, though. Yeah. I hope that bird is there in week one. Yeah. I appreciate Jamar Chase's candor and saying I hope he's not there. But when you start throwing in like the Trevor Simeon names around, just picture they lose week one Mm -hmm. and they lose 31 to 20. You just look at the end of the year and remember that AFC. It's like, do we have a home game or do we have a road game? Are we in the playoffs or are we not? Remember how jammed it was last year and they're moving games and like every game counts this year in the AFC. Do your spiel because it's true. Only seven teams make it. Go at home Mm -hmm. and write your seven playoff teams in the AFC down. That means nine teams aren't making it. And all the quarterbacks are good in the AFC. Yeah, and don't remember, every you have to have every division winner in. You yeah. can't be like, nobody from the yeah. South. No, yeah. somebody in the South yeah. is making it, at one least one. of these one. teams that everyone thinks is a slam dunk isn't making yeah. it. Yeah, so the Browns, or the Bengals, start 0-1 because they don't have a burrow. Yeah. And they miss it by a game. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. how tight it is. It's like, you need them there you, yeah. as much as you can. Division games are so key. I know. It's Open up with tough. two of them. Paul Denner at The Athletic. Sorry, Paul. It was great. And now it appears they are nesting the Bengals. It was like such a great line. Nesting. 2023 NFL oh, season those starts with training camp. NFL Network. Bye-bye, baby. Insider access across all 32 teams. Who else is building their nest egg? We're going to go to Santa Clara. We're going to go to Jacksonville, Houston, amongst many others. You're going to hear from a rookie quarterback how the things are going with the Texans and C.J. Stroud. That's Inside Training Camp presented by Old Spice. Last time I talked to Kittle, he was getting a Lilo and Stitch tattoo on his hand. (laughs) I want to see if he has that yet. Uh, Is the hype for Justin Fields and the Goldilocks and the Three Bears, is it too hot, too cold, or is it just right? Heat check. I'd like to do that segment with porridge if we're going to do that. I like porridge. Isn't it just oatmeal with more honey or something? What is porridge? I don't know. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 